We're glad you're listening to Rhema for Today. For us to be doers of the Word, we say we believe the Word, then let's do the Word. Let's have correspondent action along with what we believe. And when we have it, it works for us. Praise the Lord. Now, it took me a long time to, to uh, get my wife out of that worrying habit. <laughs> well, she's here tonight, but she will, she will, she'll admit this is all true. So she did the word for a while, but she's quit a long time ago. I remember some preacher's wife was talking to her years ago, and she said, oh, I quit that long time ago. She said, I used to worry, but I quit it. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, Corresponding Actions, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. That day in 1933, I finally said to the Lord, I finally capitulated. I said, all right, Lord. I promise you from this day forward, I'll never worry anymore. I told you that I never doubt anything you read in your word. I read in your word. And the moment of understanding, I'd do it. And you see, I'd gone on by Matthew 6, and up till then, God's word was light to me. But from then on, it was dark to me. Do you know why God's word's dark to a lot of you folks? You are not walking in the light you already have. If you go back and start walking in the light, God's word will become light to you again. Just the very minute that I went back to Matthew 6 and started walking in the light, then the rest of the word became light to me. But after I went on by that, see, months had gone by. It took me three months or more to get out of Matthew 6. I went on reading, but I couldn't get anything out of it. Because, you see, I wasn't doing what I said I'd do. Well, somebody said, I didn't tell God I'd do that, though. Well, he expects it of you whether you told him or not. It'll work the same way with you whether you tell him or whether you don't tell him. Because that's just the principle by which God works, the faith principle. And so I said, all right, Lord, I promise you from this day forward, I'll never worry anymore. I'll not feel sorry for myself anymore. I'll never be discouraged anymore. I'll never have the blues. Now, folks, all that goes together. This blue day business has caused some worry and discouragement. And every bit of it comes from the devil. And bless God, 30 years have come and gone, and I've never worried anymore. Have you ever been tempted to? That's the greatest temptation I've ever faced. I've never been tempted with anything else much. That's the greatest temptation I've ever faced, is the temptation to worry. But I've never worried anymore. I've never been discouraged. I've never felt sorry for myself. No one has ever seen me when I couldn't smile. Praise God. Hallelujah. Or when I didn't have a good report. I've never been discouraged. Oh yes, I've been disappointed in a few people and so on, but never has it discouraged me one moment. Praise the Lord. Because God said, don't do that. Praise the Lord. Don't fret. Have any anxiety about anything. Didn't he say it? I said, didn't he say it? Sure he said it. Sure he said it. Well, God said... For us to be doers of the word, we say we believe the word, then let's do the word. Let's have correspondent action along with what we believe. And when we have it, it works for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, it took me a long time to, to uh, get my wife out of that worrying habit. <laughs> well, she's here tonight, but she will, she will, she'll admit this is all true. 
So she did the word for a while, but she's quit a long time ago. I remember some preacher's wife was talking to her years ago, and she said, oh, I quit that long time ago. She said, I used to worry, but I quit it. I remember she got angry with me one time over something when the children were real small. They were just babies, only 19 months between them. And so something, we came in one night and was going into the parsonage, and I had one child, and she had the other one. And, and about the time we got in, well, she said, I don't believe you'd worry if me and both the kids fell dead instantly. <laughs> and I said, why, certainly not. I'd be a fool to start worrying then. <laughs> now, wouldn't that be the most ignorant thing that a fellow ever done? What good would that do? He said, which of you but taking thought could add one cubit under your stature? Well, worrying, thinking about it wouldn't bring them back. Are you listening to me? Well, that would be most foolish. <laughs> well, I said that, and I think that made her madder than ever. <laughs> but she finally saw the light. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, friends, it may be a little humorous, but yet it's true. So true. We need to understand these things. Thank God we can be doers of the word and not hearers only. And when we are not doers of the word, then really we delude ourselves. James said, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. He said, deceiving. As I said a moment ago, the margin of the King James translation reads, deluding your own selves. Now you see in in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, and the seventh verse, Peter says, casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. I like the amplified translation here. It says, casting the whole of your care upon him. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all upon him. For he cares about you affectionately and for you, or for you affectionately and about you watchfully. Oh, God's word enlightens us, doesn't it? Praise God, God's word enlightens us. Hallelujah to Jesus. You know, I took a church to pastor in 1939 that nobody else hardly would pastor. That's the truth. Because it was a church that had a record of having trouble. They'd never supported a pastor in 23 years as a church. I'm the first pastor they ever supported. And I'd go to a fellowship meeting or to a rally. Some of the ministers told me years afterwards and said, we'd be standing around talking about our problems and here you'd come along just a smiling. And we'd say, well, how goes the battle? And you'd look at us and say, man, it couldn't be better. I don't have a care, I don't have a worry, and just go right on by us. And we'd stop and scratch our head, and I'd say, because I was the nearest pastor to you, and I knew some of the problems, and I'd say, I know he's lying about it. he does. I know he does have problems. 
He's got the hardest church in the section to pastor with the most problems, difficult people to handle. Besides that, I know him personally. I know something about his personal problems. He's got a widowed mother and a little brother that he has to help see after too. I know something about his financial problems and we know what he does. Somebody else said, don't believe he's got enough sense to worry. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God I got too much sense. It's those folks that don't have very, very much sense that are worried. I'm talking about Bible sense, you understand, of course. I have too much Bible sense to worry. And if anybody, and if you had enough Bible sense, you wouldn't worry either. Because you'd do what the Word says do. It seems to me that folks would be glad to get out from under the load. It seems to me that they'd just be thrilled to know that they didn't have to carry that load. Casting all your care upon him. The whole of your care. All of your anxieties. All your worries. All of your concerns. Do it every day? No. Once and for all, the Bible says. Once and for all. Now you see, friends, you may be praying about your problems and so on, but as long as you're going to worry about them, you don't have corresponding action, so you're defeating yourself. You're deluding yourself. God can't do anything for you. Are you hearing me? Though he wants to. Though he wants to, yet you're in a place where he can't reach you. You're sort of out there in no man's land. About halfway between God and the devil. And God can't reach you though he wants to and the devil can enter into your innermost counsel and so he keeps you confused and you're defeated. Are you still here? Amen. Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth. Well now you see what I had done before I ever left home. I knew I had troubles. I knew I had worries from the natural now I'm talking. I knew I had responsibilities and concerns. Oh, brother, if I had time, but I'd be ashamed to tell you some of them is in that church that I faced. And I knew something ought to be said. But I said, dear God, I don't know what to say, and I'm liable to say the wrong thing. And I know something ought to be done. But dear Lord, I don't know what to do, and I'm liable to do the wrong thing. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the word and treat everybody right and turn it over to you. Because after all, you said casting all your care, and this is my care. This is my responsibility. And I'm going to tell you, brother, we had a constant revival in that church for 18 months. No, I don't mean we run a revival service. I mean every Sunday in our regular service, people were saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God in every service. It just made such a difference when you put him to work in it and quit trying to carry it yourself. And I'll admit they were problems. You see, this church had been there 23 years. And I was just a 21-year-old boy. But these folks had the baptism of the Holy Ghost longer than I was old in age because I was just 23 years old, or 21, and they'd had the Holy Ghost for 23 years. And, of course, you know, they wouldn't want to listen to me. They thought they knew more than I did, you know. And then not only that, but you see, it had been there long enough for 23 years until they'd kin folks, you know, their children had grown up and married one another. And some of them had married one another again, you know, until they sort of interwoven, you know, and, and you, you get into a few kinfolk problems and you get into something. <laughs> you know, they'll sort of fight among themselves, but if you told taking sides, they'll all turn on you. You better have enough sense to keep your mouth shut. You are listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life. So visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's very special offer. 
the limited edition Kenneth E. Hagen Legacy Bible. It contains a collection of 26 lessons on faith bound in beautiful black genuine leather. It features the King James text, a concordance, and a harmony of the four Gospels offered for a special introductory price of $129.95. Don't delay. Call today. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A. Rama.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. And we got Living Faith Crusades coming up in March. Yes. Uh, we're going to two places we that's, haven't been before. That's right. March 4th through the 6th. We're going to be in Ridgely, Tennessee. Ridgely, Tennessee. Abundant Life Fellowship Church. Pastors David and Tammy Gray. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, all the people in that area, hey, uh, get the news out. Come out. We're going to have a great time. Now, then we're going to move right over there on March 7th through 9th. We're that's going to right. move over to Cleveland, Tennessee. That's Wednesday through Friday. Yes. At Cleveland Christian Fellowship with Pastors Mark and, and, and Margaret Strickland. It's going to be a great time. I hadn't been in Cleveland in many, many years. That's our, right. Our good friend Norval Hayes, Hayes lives in Cleveland. Yes. And I'm going to have to get a hold of him and and uh, and see if uh, we can get together when we get there. I think it's been about 1973 since we've been there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Long no, time. That, it, we've seen him. Between, oh, yeah. But that, that's the last time I've been to Cleveland, I think. Yes. I don't know. I can't. No, I've been there before. Okay. Uh, she she's going back too far. Oh, all right. All uh, you right. went back too far. Hey, but we're excited about it because I, I haven't preached in these places in years. Yes. I haven't preached in Cleveland, Tennessee in a in long, long, long time. I've That's been right. there. But and and we've never been to Ridgely. We are looking for we yes. want you to come and be with us. Get the news out, okay? Tell everybody. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Brother Hagen's life-changing teaching on corresponding actions. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.